Hello, bartenders and bar enthusiasts. Welcome back to BarCast, your favorite resource for all things bar fitness related. If you've stumbled upon our podcast and you're a bar enthusiast, stay tuned. We've got lots of great things in store for you today, and we're excited to have you listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of BarCast. Today, I want to talk to you about what it means to implement a fitness challenge into your studio or facility. This is a great way to freshen things up for springtime or if your students start to seem to lose interest or get bored with a routine. We're going to get to talk about all about the launch of our newest challenge, the Bar Body Challenge. We've provided it for all of our certified instructors, but you can find more information about this challenge on our blog on barcertification.com. Some of the challenges I've seen out there encourage participants to go on cleanses and liquid diets. That sort of thing is never going to be enough for the amount of activity required for this challenge. Food is fuel and should be used as such. And in our nutrition guide, our dietitian lays out proven ways to boost metabolism. We wanted a different viewpoint about food, so we reached out to one of our instructors, Shally. Shally is a dance and fitness instructor, a mother of twin three-year-old girls, and has had some frustrations with her own body's response to certain foods. I hope when you hear what Shally has to say about how to approach food and nutrition, you'll leave this conversation feeling inspired and ready to take on 10 weeks of focused attention for your own health and the health of your students. After we get to hear from Shally talking about nutrition, we'll get to talk to Lisa Juliet, the founder of Bar Certification, for the business of how to implement the challenges into your studio. So stay tuned. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is um, the fact that most of the time when we hear a fitness challenge, I notice there's a huge emphasis on fasting or eliminating a lot of the foods that you would normally eat. And what I think is really great about this challenge is it's mostly focused on mindful eating and and tracking your calories not as a way to eliminate things that you've already been eating, but to pay attention to how it's paced throughout the day. Um, and so what I want to get your opinion on is what you think um, is different about the way that we approach the nutrition um, with the challenge and, and just what your um, general sense is on how to change your lifestyle as far as eating goes. I think that's an excellent question. Um, I had a girlfriend who recently was trying to lose a lot of weight, and her main method for doing it was counting calories and um, eating foods that were easy for her to eat. So um, she did a lot of shakes, she did a lot of protein bars, she did a lot of processed foods that are easy to get your hands on, and she would compare them to some other foods and think she was doing great because she was attaining a a calorie count that was under 2,000 and she wasn't losing weight and she was feeling bloated and she was frustrated and one of the things I like about what our studio does in our challenges is we don't tell people not to eat things instead we tell them to eat things. Um, Not all calories are created equal. Um, 10 calories of a processed food will not work as well for your body as 10 calories of a whole food. And so instead of thinking, I can't eat dessert, um, I can't eat this sugary cereal, I can't eat a piece of chocolate, instead we say, what do you need to eat? What do you need to focus on? Fruits, whole fruits, whole vegetables, whole meats, lean preferably, but even if they're not lean, it's not the end of the world. 
eating whole foods. Naturally, if you make sure that you are ingesting a certain number of whole natural foods that are not processed throughout, throughout your entire day, you will be so full that you won't be as tempted to eat the processed foods. And the processed foods that are high in sodium, that are high in sugars, that are high in chemicals and fillers are the things that your body can't process. And therefore, you're actually holding on to all the negatives of the food and your body's not digesting it correctly, which gives you no energy and it's not helping with weight loss even if you're actually eating less calories. Right. What fun is that? <laughs> no fun at all. No fun at all. Um, okay. And I know you've kind of gone through a roller coaster ride of diet changes and, and you've really had to pay more attention to this stuff. Not that it was an issue before, but um, what can you tell me about your experience? Because I know you're not the only one out there dealing with the symptoms that you were dealing with. So talk to me a little bit about that. So um, I've had a lot of GI issues. Um, a lot of bloating, a lot of stomach pain, um, going back and forth between um, constipation and di diarrhea, which is a very common problem. They call that IBS, ir irritable bowel syndrome. And um, one of the things I found, I even had a food allergy test done, um, and I wasn't allergic to anything. They determined that I was intolerant to a few different foods. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found is that I could eat many foods if they were in their raw natural state. For instance, soy, absolutely fine on its own. However, soy, which is in a lot of pa packaged products, is pre-processed and therefore more difficult for the body to digest. Um, even me, I'm not lactose intolerant, but I know some people are, and they found that if they get raw milk, um, organic dairy, um, products that are not um, pasteurized or fat-free, they actually digest them better because milk, when as it comes in its own form, is much easier to digest than once it's gone through some sort of pasteurization process yeah. or once the fat's been taken out. That's another big issue with fat-free products actually make it more difficult for us to digest vitamins and minerals and usually they have more sugar or sodium to make up for the lack of flavor. Right. Yeah. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Big bummer. Um, and then the last thing, I, I just want to inspire people out there that are like, I just don't have time to do, you know, a meal preparation for each and every day, or I, I just don't have the energy to do it. Okay. You've got two twin daughters that are under yes. the age of five and you teach these classes. Like, tell me how you make it work. Is it really that complicated? Um, it's really a matter of putting together a system and it's going to be different for every single person. Um, some people will find that it's easier to devote half an hour a day to prepping, um, and it really doesn't have to take much more than that. Or some people will find that whatever their free day is, whether it be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it depends on your week, you do most of your prep for the entire week. Now, what can that look like? Um, raw nuts are great. You separate them into little Ziploc baggies or little containers that you can take to work with you. Um, fruit, same thing, you pre-cut it or you pre-portion it, put an apple or put a pear or a peach in a baggie for yourself. And then as far as the veggies go, there are a lot of veggies that withstand time really well if they've been cooked. Sweet potatoes, um, all sorts of squash, acorn squash, spaghetti squash, um, yams, which are great. All of those things 
can just pretty much be cut in half, thrown into the oven. You know, you put most of them, you can turn your oven on to 350 or 375. You cook it for an hour, you forget about it, except for putting a timer on. And then you've got your prep. And you can eat yams with eggs and avocado for breakfast. You can have it for dinner. So then you just cut it into portions yeah. and, you know, you split it out throughout the week. Oh my gosh. And finding the things that you like. I found um, yes. my dog, I've discovered, loves sweet potatoes. So I buy a bag of sweet potatoes at the beginning of the week and I roast it and we share the That's sweet awesome. potatoes throughout the week. I, I'm a big fan. Um, awesome. Okay. And then one last tidbit of advice, maybe for instructors that are leading students through a challenge or something. What's one like final bit of advice you would give to someone that's really struggling with this stuff or um, just doesn't even really know where to begin? Um, I would say the biggest problem is mental. The biggest issue that people struggle with is giving up something. And so I think it's making people realize that they're not giving up something, they're gaining something. They're actually going on an exciting adventure where they're going to get to try new foods, new recipes that are easy. They're going to get to enjoy new flavors and they're going to feel a sense of well-being not only physically but mentally because they're going to regain control over their own life and say, this was attainable. This isn't crazy. You just have to take the first step and believe in yourself and be surrounded by people who are on the same path and who are encouraging you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so great. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for helping our listeners figure this stuff all out. I know it's going to be a long process, and we couldn't have thought through it all without you. So thank you very much. Thanks. Okay, so today we're going to delve even deeper into the concept of in including challenges in your studio or facility. Um, and I've got Lisa here again today. We're going to talk about the business aspect of introducing a challenge to your students and clients. Um, Lisa, I know you've got a lot of experience with this, and I really want to get your input on how you've seen even just the revenue grow when you introduce something like a challenge to a studio. Um, a lot of students like the challenge of doing something structured with a group. So not only does it bring in additional revenue into the studio and keep um, your attendance high for, those, for that time period in which you're running the challenge, but it also gives the group a sense of community and we all really help each other to be accountable for our goals. Oh, awesome. And do you encourage instructors to connect with with participants or I mean how do you bridge the gap between participants and instructors for the weeks that you're doing a challenge? We encourage the instructors to participate in the challenge with the students. Um, they're not required to. It helps to bridge the gap um, between the instructor community and our student community and it gives the students um, a good forum to ask them direct questions so if they feel like they're involved as well as the students are the instructors um, are pretty much readily available, can answer questions easily, and the students feel like they're gaining a connection with those instructors as well. So they may be, you know, once the challenge is over, they may start going to their classes more. So it kind of helps everybody all around. What are some incentives financially for studios to incorporate a challenge? Um, even once a year or a few times a year, what are some really great things you see as an owner um, by in including this? 
Well, we do see an influx of students that may have not come in before, which is great. So we get new students from the challenge. We also are able to sell more retail items, like we get specific shirts with our logo and um, whatever the theme we have of the year going on, and uh, that boosts revenue as well. So those two things are, are nice and then on top of that we do special classes where if the public wants to participate in them they have to pay an extra fee whereas the challengers get it for free so those those couple of things really do help to boost the revenue especially for a specific month if you have a slow month coming up and you know it i would recommend running one of these uh, challenges during that slow month well, that's so great. Not only are these challenges um, inspiring and encouraging for students and participants, they're really a nice refresher for studios and facilities themselves. I love that. And thank you for your expertise and putting your heart and soul into this challenge. Um, you're changing people's lives. And, and just by offering the support to your students, um, the world is a better place. So thank you, Lisa. And uh, good luck, everyone. Hey, do us a favor, go check out the podcast network on iTunes and give us a rating. I know it seems like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference and makes our podcast more visible to the public. If you've got any questions, want to know how to get certified, or want to contact us about launching a challenge in your neighborhood and your studio, reach us at support at barcertification.com and happy challenging and have an awesome April. Thank you.